You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Hello, everyone. Election day approaches. If you have an absentee ballot. If you're a listener in the United States of America, if you have an absentee ballot, please stop listening to this podcast right now and fill it out and get it in the fucking mail. If you have early voting in the state where you live, please stop listening to this podcast right the fuck now and get to an early voting station and fucking vote now. And if you don't have early voting and you don't have an absentee ballot, next Tuesday is election day and you are going to vote or I will come through your iPod and choke you to death with my bare fucking hands. And you're going to vote the right way. You're going to vote Obama in Arkansas. You're going to vote against the anti-gay adoption law. California, you're going to vote no on Prop 8. In Arizona, you're going to vote no on 102. In Florida, you're going to vote no on 2. You're going to vote, bitches. You're going to vote. This Currently Obsessed with the Election podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage right now after you vote for details. Hey, Dan. Uh, I've been involved in uh, sex with various um, fruit items for a long time, and uh, my favorite being cantaloupe. Uh, someone told me that if I microwaved a cantaloupe and got it slightly warm, that it would make for a better time. I'm afraid of burning my penis, though. Um, I was wondering if you knew anything about that or could advise you know, any particular methods. Uh, thank you. You will burn your penis uh, doing what you described, particularly if you neglect to remove your penis from the cantaloupe before microwaving. What are you, fucking retarded? You microwave the goddamn cantaloupe, you carve a hole in it, and you stick a couple of fingers in there and mush around a little bit and test the waters or test the flesh before you stick your fucking dick in there. A microwave will heat things unevenly. There could be pockets of warmth. But you know, no pain, no gain, no risk, no glory. All right? And then dispose of that cantaloupe in an appropriate yard waste bin or compost heap. Don't leave it in the fridge for mom to find. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 21-year-old male. I've actually held before. I'm a college student, and um, there is a girl I know. Uh, she lives in my building. She is she's currently 17, and uh, uh, she and I have kind of been, I guess, maybe fooling around. She she actually has a boyfriend. He's, he's not here. Um, but what she and I have done, uh, mostly just kind of making out, uh, basically it. Uh, last night, we, we almost had sex, but I kind of, you know, like reason and logic kicked in my brain somewhere, and I said, you know what, she's 17, this probably isn't a good idea. Um, she asked me at one point, like over, I think yesterday, she asked me how I felt for her, what my feelings were, and I said, well, you I mean, I like you, and that, that's true, but sometimes she does seem to demonstrate what is kind of, I'd say, a lack of maturity, and, you know, that, that's part of everyone. Everyone matures at some point, but um, I'm just kind of worried what's going to happen is she's going to dump her current boyfriend in favor of me and or or rather I will make her dump her current boyfriend just because I said I liked her and you know whatever and then I will be in a relationship with someone who I think is actually kind of immature and 
like I don't want to, you know, I don't want to screw her out of her current relationship. I don't want to screw me over for any reason. Um, yeah, it's just kind of wondering what to do about it. I just want to see if I follow you here. Um, you're a 21 year old college student, and you're dating a 17 year old high school student. I assume because 17 is really young for college, uh, and she's the immature one, right? She's the immature one. Not you, not the 21-year-old you know, sophomore junior in college who's dating a fucking teenage high school student. You're not the immature one. She is. And I love the way you describe her as currently 17 because that hints at future birthdays to come. Like one day she'll be 30. So it's okay that she's a 17-year-old now because she's only currently 17. Sometimes... You know, when I'm, we're feeling frisky and we want to push the envelope, I fuck her when she's 30. We jump in our time machine because she's only currently 17. You know, who knows? Tomorrow she could be 28. And she demonstrates a lack of maturity. My ass. Don't fuck her. Don't touch her. Don't date her. What the fuck are you doing? You don't really even like her. Are you that hard up that you have to go picking the low-hanging fruit that is the insecure high school girl who thinks that there's... That, who thinks that an older man, a college guy paying attention to her means that she's somehow, you know, more sophisticated or he recognizes something in her. And, waka waka. This is such bullshit. Don't lay a finger on her. Don't hang out with her. She's got a boyfriend. And you should go find somebody who's a little bit closer to your age or in college with you and take your wise old mature hands off this immature little girly who is currently 17. Hi Dan in uh, some of your earlier columns and uh, podcasts I noticed that you've told people who are in committed relationships that if they don't aren't happy with it sexually then potentially they have to find uh, fulfillment outside of the relationship um, and I, you know, you haven't said this in all cases, but there have been cases where this is what you said. Now, me personally, I uh, love the idea of monogamy. I ideally would really like to be monogamous, and I would really like to just find a nice girl and have everything work out great, and you know, the whole the whole shebang where we grow old together and all that business. Um, and I've dated a lot of very very good girls. Uh, a lot of great, great girls, and absolutely nothing wrong with them. I was very attracted to them. But like most guys I know, I just can't stop looking at other girls. What I want to know is I've been called on this by previous ex-girlfriends, and they told me, well, my other boy, my uh, friend's boyfriends don't look at other girls ever, and uh, they're completely content. I want to know, does that exist? Are there people who really don't look outside at all at all at all and uh and and if they do how do they do that anyway um might be a dumb question but uh, i would love to hear your viewpoint on this how do you do it you don't look at other dudes all the time hey uh so i listened to your call and i wanted to start with what you ended with which is how do i do it how do i not look at dudes all the time yeah i'm always looking at dudes Okay. I'm looking at you. I can't even see you. You have a sexy voice. I want to fuck your voice. All right? Because nice. I'm a guy, right. and that's how we're built. That's how we're wired. That's how we roll, as the kids were only too recently saying. Um, what you're hung up on is this idea of monogamy that is promoted out there. 
in the culture and by women, and it's bullshit. Uh, which yeah, is, which okay. Is, which is not that you are incapable of monogamy or that monogamy won't make you happy necessarily. What The idea that's promoted this, this bullshit is that monogamy is easy or natural, and it's neither. Making a monogamous uh, commitment does not mean you don't want to sleep with anybody else. It means you, out of deference to this person's feelings or, you know, because you value a monogamous bond are going to refrain from fucking other people. It doesn't mean you won't burn with desire to fuck other people. You were wired to want to fuck other people. Well, that, that's good to hear, because, yeah, my last girlfriend was definitely like, well, you shouldn't even want, want to look at other girls, and well, thought on me about porn and all that kind of bullshit, stuff. So, bullshit, and bullshit, all dudes bullshit, look at porn. All dudes look at porn. All dudes check out other uh, dudes if they're fags like me, other, che- you know, other women if they're you know, damaged heterosexuals like you. And always will. And you need a, to be with a girl who is mature enough to accept and understand that. And then you need to do the courteous thing. You know, even people who are with people, and, you know, when they know that their partners are going to check other people out, that their partners don't just want to fuck them, expect their partners to not rub their noses in it, to be courteous. You know, because... You, yeah, yeah. No, I, I learn better than to just stare blatantly when I'm with the girl. Yeah, yeah the, even I figured that out. The deal is not you meet a girl who's, who's you know, accepts reality, and that means you can beat off to porn in front of her and go hubba 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 when you see hot girls walk by or tell her how much you want to fuck her sister, even if it's true that you do. The deal is, you know, she knows and suspends her disbelief, and you know, and you are courteous enough to, you know, construct, you know, to, to monitor your own behavior in such a way that she can continue to suspend her disbelief and assume that you're the only one she wants to fuck. And you will learn as you get older and, you know, the women you date get older and get closer to their sexual peaks, that women don't just want to fuck the guys they're with either. Either It's easier uh, for young women to say that because they haven't hit their sexual peaks yet. They're not horn dog monsters at 21 the way guys are, but they will be at 31, and then the shoe will be on the other foot. Okay, well, that, that's good to know, because, yeah, I've definitely been, been railed on by more than one girl about that. Um, and the girls who tell you that, you know, their friends, boyfriends don't ever look are being lied to by their friends, because their friends aren't going to say, oh, yeah, my boyfriend looks all the time and it drives me up the fucking wall, because everybody wants everyone else to think that their relationship is some sterling fucking silver ideal relationship, right? Or her friends have been duped, because those boys are better at hiding the glances and hiding the porn than you have been. I guess so, yeah. I guess maybe i got to get a little better at hiding it, too, or find a uh, girl who understands that. Find a girl who understands that you you may, out of feelings of love and genuine attraction, want to pour all your sexual uh, energy into her, but your sexual energy is is not limited to her period, that, that you're going to want to fuck other people, but you shall, you will refrain from fucking other people, and you will bring all that horniness home to her, but you can't help it. And if she, okay. can, if she, if you meet girls who will not sign off on that, do not date them. Okay. Say, that's a deal breaker, because you're asking me to pretend that, you know, you're in, you know, turn the therapy bullshit Oprah language around on them and say, you're negating my feelings. You're not respecting who I am as a sexual being. Waka, waka, waka. And then okay. have her read The Myth of Monogamy. The Myth of Monogamy? Mm-hmm. I'm going to write that down. Terrific book about this monogamous bullshit. She could even read The Broken Hearth, which I'm always citing, by William Bennett, the Virtue Crat, where he says, he literally writes, monogamy is not natural. 
and it ain't. Okay. And I hope you don't mind if later on tonight I masturbate about your voice. No, not at all. Okay. That's really flattering, actually. I could use the confidence boost right now. Thanks, Dan. Talk to you later. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. You can download right now the new book, Bad Sex, We Did It So You Don't Have To, brought to you by the editors of Nerve. You know what it is, a big collection of sex horror stories. And they're not only fun to read, and there's that schadenfreude thing, uh, you can also learn from other people's miserable sex mistakes so you don't have to make them yourself. They can be awfully instructive. I'm reading it now, and it's hilarious. Uh, But you should listen to it. Don't read it. Don't read it. Ears. Use them or lose them. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for your free audiobook right now. Hi, Dan. I'm a 21-year-old bi female, um, and I just started seeing this guy who uh, I met through school, and he's really great and cute and a huge dork, and I'm into that. Uh, But I I hung out with him last night, and I found out that he's into some kind of interesting things. Um, And I've listened to your show enough to understand that, you know, there are worse fetishes than the one that he is into. But it is something that I haven't personally encountered before. He's into a foot fetish thing, which is not bad. And also a he wants to be shrunk and then stepped on fetish, which has nothing to do with sex. And I'm very confused by that. Uh, he's a virgin. So this is kind of the only thing that turns him on because he doesn't really know anything else. And I want to turn him on and I want to, you know, help him be sexual because I am very sexual and I like him a lot. Um, but I'm not entirely sure what to do with that since he, I, I don't know. I'm confused. Hey, it's Dan Savage. Hi. Hi. Well, yeah, wow. I'm very excited you called me. Um, I'm excited to talk to you too. Are you still dating the squishy guy? Yes. Yes. And he's fantastic and I really, really like him, but I'm very confused. Well, there's nothing to be confused about. It sounds like he's been pretty open with you about what his fetishes are, uh, and you want to help him out, and the way to help him out is to role-play this, him being shrunk into a tiny little bug shape. Well, the thing is that, the thing is that I thought about that, and I thought about maybe, you know, we can try to move it over the physical thing, but for him, it's not about the physical at all. It's about this mental, you know, image of it. So, you know, we've talked about maybe trying to to role-play it. when he thinks about this scenario? Yes. Okay. So here's what you need to do. You say he's a virgin, and you know yeah. the scenario doesn't feel fully sexualized to him, and he hasn't expressed a lot of interest previously in just regular sex, right? Cause he's, right. He's fixated on this being squished like a bug thing. Yes. And so the way to bridge the gap is to, you know, hold out to him the promise that you will role play this with him, but you need to get there slowly. And then right. incorporate talking about it into your makeout sessions. Incorporate talking about what you will talk about later, what you'll role play with him later, or this fantasy scenario, into rolling around with him so that you can sort of mash up in his mind the turn on of, you know, being the squished tiny man with right. the turn on of just like being physical with you and kissing right. and rolling around and sort of cross associate these things. Not that you'll ever probably successfully unscramble all of these eggs. Yeah. There'll always probably be a little bit of a tape loop running in the back of his reptile brain when he's having right. vanilla sex that involves 
this, you know, fantasy scenario for him about helplessness and being destroyed. Right. Um, and that'll always kind of be a part of his sexuality. What you have to help him see is that he can have vanilla sex, you know, his interior monologue sometime about his fantasies, and also full-blown role-play of his fantasies. He can have all that together and right. separately. Yeah, I've been trying to, you know, get him to talk about it. And and the thing is that, you know, I've let him know that while I don't fully understand it, you know, I do understand it, kind of. That's a huge turnoff, though, if you've revealed your fetish to somebody and they feel like they must preface every conversation with, no, I don't know, I don't fully understand this. (laughs) But, you know, I might be willing to, you know, turn on a fork, hold it out at length and talk to you about it. I I mean, I would be, and I've told him that I I would be into trying to role play, but he's not really interested in that. He's not interested in it. He's not interested in role playing because it's it's not it's not a physical thing for him. And we've tried different sorts of things that, again, I'm not really familiar with it. So it's sort of up to him what he wants me to do. And I've tried it, but it doesn't really seem to work for him because it's not the physical. It's all the image, and that's really my problem. That's not problem. Confusion. Is. Have you seen him masturbate about this stuff yet? No. You need to ask him to, sh- to to let you watch him masturbate about this stuff. Does he look at giant, giantess porn? Yes. He does. Yes. Well, he needs- I, mean, I mean, it showed, he showed me some of that. Um, not really all the way through everything, but, I mean, I, I've seen a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I've, I have tried to, you know, well, you let him know that I am open to that. You can't help him and you can't fix him if he won't let you come along for the ride. Right. He just wants to shove you out and say, this is too dark and shameful, or it doesn't work with somebody else, or can only exist in my fantasies, and it's the entirety of my sexual interests. You can't date Right. right. Like, if he's building a wall around himself like that, if he's not inviting you in to his little fort, don't waste your fucking time, however cute he is, however geeky he is, how much you like him. Because mm-hmm. either he has to let you be a part of his intimate life and his sexual turn-on, or he needs yeah. to own. Yeah. And if he won't let you in at all, there's nothing you can do. You're just beating your head against the wall. Basically, yes. But if he'll <laughs> let you in, you can take those baby steps saying, you know, let me be with you when you masturbate. Let's hang out and t- let's masturbate together. Let's share our sexual fantasies. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever looked at this porn and beat off while a woman stands on your body, tramples you? There are other I'm pretty sure it's never happened, but I guess I could try that. fetishes that are related to his fetish, like trampling fetish, mm-hmm. which is not a giant trampling you, but, you know, somebody who's the right. size as you, standing on you and walking on you. And mm-hmm. he may be able to, he's young, right? Yes. You know, he may be able to transfer some of the, the feelings that uh, of helplessness, you know, what, what it, the root of this turns him on. You know, mm-hmm. this, this is a, a very symbolic sexual turn-on for him. If he can yeah. figure out what it's symbolic of and find other ways to indulge in those sorts of symbolic role-play, that feeling, uh-huh. he may be able to, to, you know, develop other fetishes. Yeah. There's a lot of people who have, you know, full-blown, crazy sex lives involving a lot of fetishes who, you know, when they were young, had just, like, one very specific image in their heads that turned right. them on. And then they were able to, to grow out that image into all sorts of other fantasy role-play scenarios. But he has to be willing to do it. Again, if he isn't willing to do it... Mm-hmm. He's not really and it's not really worth it. He, well, it's not that he's not worth it. It's, it, it's not going to happen. Right. And so you have leverage here. You know, he's opened up to you. He's told you what his mm-hmm. fantasies are. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously wanting to involve you to some extent. And you say, I'm there, I'm with you, I'd be a great girlfriend for you because I'm sexually adventurous and I'm not judging you and I'm willing to go there and explore with you. But 
you got to let me in. But you can't then say, you know, no girls allowed. Right. All right. I mean, I'll try that. I've, we've been trying all sorts of things, um, and, and hopefully, because I know that he wants to. It's just, you know, he's so focused on this one image, and it's kind of hard to say, hey, there are other things, and they're also fun. Well, just engage but, in conversation about what this image symbolically means to him. What, yeah. what part of his reptile brain is it tweaking when it's making his dick hard? Yeah. Right. Find other things yeah. that can tweak that same part of his reptile brain. Yeah. Well, I gather it's a control thing. In the meantime, do, do you guys yes. make out? Do you kiss? Yes. Yes? Yes. And do, we haven't we haven't had sex yet. No, but you have make out sessions. Yeah, of Does course. Does get hard? Sometimes. Well, then good. You're half, you know, you're you're on your way. <laughs> yeah, I'm you're almost halfway, halfway there. But you're on your way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Just keep, well, pushing, cool. push, keep pushing against the door. Yes. But I sure will. Okay, good luck. It's, he's very cute. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Bye. Hey, Dan. Uh, I'm a 27-year-old straight male, and um, I had a question for you. Um, I think a couple of times you talked about the death grip and how that affects, you know, a guy's sex life, and I have never really heard you talk about how to fix that. Um, I It's not quite a death grip issue I have. I think I've been masturbating since I was... 13 and in a very particular way that's not like you know it doesn't simulate you know intercourse because I don't know when I was 12 I didn't really have any idea what that was um and I've never actually orgasmed with a girl I, I have no problem doing it on my own but you know whether it's sex or a blowjob or a hand job it just doesn't cut it I guess um and I've tried to to simulate it you know more like it would be with a girl, but after a while it just gets boring and it doesn't feel any better and then I revert back to my old ways. So if you had any ideas about how to kind of retrain myself, um, that would be great. Uh, thanks a lot. I listened to your call. Uh-huh. Uh, and you're the, the, the second straight guy I've talked to today whose voice I want to fuck. You have a very sexy voice. Can oh. I say that? Can I Thank you. you in that aural sort of way? Uh, you know, I think I'm shockingly okay with it. <laughs> So is the other guy. Maybe we should get together for a voice-fucking three-way. Um, now, you go into great detail about your masturbation experiences or either the problems that may have resulted from but you don't tell us what this style of masturbation that's hamstrung you is. What are you yeah. doing? Um, so I guess it was kind of, I guess, awkward to describe, like, into the machine. But I, I think, like... You could send me a videotape. Um, that could be arranged, I'm sure. Um, I think, so basically, um, ever since I was like 13 or 14, like I would lie on my stomach and it's not like the stereotypical, like up and down motion. Like I use the side of my hand kind of like the, like the base, you know, like where the base of your palm is, but on the side and like, it's not even like rubbing. It's almost like rolling. not even rolling, like, it's just like I try to hit a spot. It's almost like picking a lock, you know? Like, it just, like, all of a sudden happens. Like, it feels good, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't, like, the, you know, the pleasure doesn't necessarily, you're like... You're putting pressure on yourself. You're not necessarily humping. You're not... Yeah. Off. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the pleasure doesn't, like, escalate, and then, like, the finish, you know? It just, like, it feels good, it feels good, and then... Like there, you know what I mean. So it feels good. It feels good, and then the cum runs out. But you don't feel like you don't feel this 
gradual building of tension, then you have sort of an explosive orgasm. Yeah, it's just it, the explosive orgasm just kind of happens, you know. Okay, well, you're already doing what you need to do to fix this problem. You're just chickening out. Okay. You say that you try other styles, other techniques, things that feel more like intercourse or vaginal intercourse, um, but it gets boring and then you revert. So when you have these, when you've done these experiments, you reach a point where you go, this isn't working, I'm going to do what works. And then you, you know, get on your stomach and hump your hand for a little bit and cum leaks out, right? All right. And then you go, oh, good, I'm done. Here's what you got to do. Okay. Simulate, try different masturbation styles, use your fist, uh, lay on your back, sit up in a chair, uh, use two fingers, use your thumb and your index finger, and then when it gets boring and you don't come, no reverting. You just stop masturbating. You don't, okay. you don't get to come anymore. Oh, so you just kind of train yourself to... You, you drive your dick to desperation. Okay. And it works. I've heard from tons of guys who've taken my advice on this, and it works. You drive your dick to desperation. No more orgasms for you, period. And your dick will eventually realize that it's got to respond to something else or it ain't going to get what it needs. You're not going to get the release that your body requires. Your body will meet you halfway. If you stop, if your brain stops going, hey, let's do that other thing, this isn't working, and copping out. Right, so it's more about kind of um, self-control than anything else, really. Denial. Right. And eliminating that masturbation technique from your repertoire for the, for the foreseeable future. Maybe for old time's sake, you can masturbate like that down the road. Right. Once you can, once your dick is up and running and can respond to other sorts of stimulation. But right now, you can't indulge your dick in that anymore, period. From this moment on, from this phone call on, no orgasms for you on your stomach into your hand. So, cold turkey, basically? Cold fucking turkey. And regularly scheduled masturbation sessions where look at the porn or whatever it is that makes you hard, think about whatever it is that gets that, that makes you feel sexy, and stroke yourself. Make yourself stroke yourself. And try different things. Try different, you know, even guys who, you know, make the fists and stroke themselves, guys have different styles of even just doing that. Some guys use a firm grip. Some guys use a light grip. Some guys use lube. Some guys move, you know, the loose bit of skin back and forth. So you have to experiment not just with stroking, but with all sorts of different kinds of stroking until you find the kind that works for you. That makes sense. And then yeah. mix it up. And then when you find a girlfriend again and you have this problem again, just be honest with her about, you know, what your old masturbation technique was, what the problem is. And, you know, if in the act, when you're with her, you need to revert a little bit, you know, so that she can feel that sense of accomplishment by you coming, perhaps you can. Right. But in the meantime, when you're alone, how old are you-ish, uh, roughly? 26-ish. 26-ish. You, your body will respond with a, uh, rapidly to, to deprivation because your body right now wants to have tons of orgasms. And right. if you stop giving it the orgasms that you're giving it now, it'll find a way to get an orgasm out of the other stuff you're going to give it. All right? Right. Awesome. Old fucking turkey. Well, thank you so much for the call. You're welcome. All right. Have a good day. Hi, Dan. When you have a partner who's GGG, uh, for the most part, and basically, you know, even if you know from conversations or anything else um, that you might have... Uh, uh, said to the partner, 
you still have to come to that point when you say, I'm interested in doing X, Y, and Z. And it kind of says to that partner in, in sort of a, a subtexty kind of way, um, what we've been doing thus far has not really you know, turned my, uh, my crank. Um, so there's a bit of disappointment slash rejection element to this that I found it a little bit difficult to overcome with, with my wife, um, who uh, I was speaking with uh, a couple of days ago, and the sex is wonderful. I mean, there, there aren't enough good words uh, in print about this woman. She's just amazing. But uh, nonetheless, uh, there's a certain programmatic feel to sex sometimes because, you know, um, as you pointed out many times, if um, you want to uh, give your partner an orgasm and she's of the female um, persuasion, if you can say that, um, there's a certain amount of clitoral stimulation that you must engage in. And, um, you know, for her, uh, it, it, it has to take a certain form. And uh, it's important for me that she does have an orgasm. So, you know, at some point we transition to this thing where, you know, it's, it's you know, we're going for and it's it's very much like, you know, a process, and uh, I was kind of not complaining, but um, suggesting to her, that, hey, um, is there something else that we could do that's not, you know, one of the two positions that gets you off, like something else that either I can do or some way that you can sit or God knows what. Um, and she just was devastated because she took that entire thing as a rejection of what our entire sex life is based upon. I wanted to suggest something different, but in a way that won't hurt the partner. Like, their, their feelings are kind of on the line if you say, you know, GGG, fine enough. You know, we're all on board with doing something different. I mean, not like, you know, shove my hand up her ass or anything like that, but just, you know, trying something new that's, that's not something you've done before, there's a certain level of rejection that needs to be addressed. And I wondered how you might uh, tell people um, what's the best sort of like savage diplomacy that you can, you can bring to this, this question. If there are one or two positions that work for your wife that get her off, um, you are going to have to face up to the fact that whatever else you do, whatever other kinds of sex play you engage in or adventures you go on, new things you bring to the menu or get put on the menu, you're going to have to cycle through those one or two positions. Maybe along the way you'll find one or two more, but you need to accept the fact that if that position, if that kind of stimulation is what your wife requires to get off, it's always going to be a large and looming and important and necessary uh, part of your sexual repertoire, uh, if not every sexual experience you ever have together. Um, it sounds like you're really on the defensive here, and you need not be on the defensive. Um, the, the, the savage recipe for expanding the repertoire, for getting new things uh, – into play and onto the table is not to present them to someone as somehow a negation of everything that's come before. It's not like going out for Indian the first time doesn't mean you didn't enjoy all the Italian food you ate previously. You just have to throw it out as something new and fun that you want to do with her. And you guys are the constant. There's no rejection there. It's a new and fun sexual adventure for you both to go on to mix things up. And it has to be okay for you to say things when you're in a long-term relationship with somebody um, and as a long-term sexual relationship, particularly when there's monogamy involved, it has to be okay to say, I feel like we've fallen into a bit of a rut. Let's shake shit up. Let's turn the apple cart over and fuck on top of it for a change. You have to be able to say that. She has to be able to hear it. If she freaks out when you say it, you should come back with, we have to be able to talk about these things. We have to be able to say this to each other. I have to be able to say this to you. And you, when you feel this way, and if you're in a long-term multi-decade 
sexual relationship with one person, there will come a time when she feels this way. She has to have the right to say the same thing to you back. But you can't just shut down. You can't use emotional blackmail, really, to shut down a conversation about sex. It's both of your responsibilities to each other to make sure each other is feeling fulfilled. And you're not feeling fulfilled right now and you need to just throw that on the table. There's no way to throw that on the table necessarily that isn't going to upset her if she's using I am upset as a way to avoid taking responsibility for your sexual fulfillment and avoiding this conversation that you want to have. But again, at the outset, throw it out as, hey, let's try Indian food tonight or, hey, let's go off on this grand new sexual adventure together that I want to go off on with you because I love you and I'm attracted to you and I want to do new and different and interesting stuff with you. And good luck. Hey, Dan. This is Jordan. I'm an 18-year-old gay guy and I live in California. And my extended family, I'm pretty sure, is going to vote yes on Prop 8, and I never came out. So can I, like, kill two birds with one stone and say, like, hey, I'm gay, and then, like, can you please vote no on Prop 8 because I want to get married? Um, Or is that too much? You know, my first impulse is to say, yeah, come out to your family, all of your extended family, and ask uh-huh. to vote no. But I want to find out about your particular circumstances before I tell you to do that. Uh, are you out to your parents? Uh, yes, I am out to my parents. And how are they voting? Uh, they're voting no. Oh, okay. Uh, and you're, so you're not at risk of being homeless or your parents refusing to pay for your education? Oh, no, they're, 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 they're really fabulous about that. Okay, you're just worried about aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins. Yeah, they're kind of nutty. <laughs> and you're not out to any of them yet? No. Uh, how do your parents feel about you coming out to your extended family? Um, they'll say they'll be, like, supportive and stuff and that it's my choice, but they kind of don't want it to happen because they don't want to, like, rock the boat, I guess. Uh-huh. So they're kind of, like, they're kind of at peace with, like, a don't ask, don't tell policy, I guess. But it sounds like you're not. No, I'm really not. And this is about you. Yeah. And this is about your rights and your future. Yeah. And what kind of state you're going to live in and what kind of country you're going to live in and what kind of adult, intimate life you're going to have, right? So I would, you know, bite the bullet, come out to the entire extended family, Mm -hmm. and do it in a letter, and do it now, because so the people who are going to have absentee ballots (laughs) don't regret it the day after your letter came. (laughs) Yeah. And do it now, and, 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 you know, tell mom and dad that they're going to know eventually because you're going to one day get married, whether it's legal or not. Yeah. And they'll, yeah. they'll find out eventually, and why not now? So, yeah. You know, maybe they all won't vote no on Prop 8, which is, for listeners who don't know, which is the uh, amendment, is the uh, initiative in California that would amend the California Constitution to ban same-sex marriage. Yeah. You know, maybe some of them will, you know, will think twice and still vote yes, but maybe some of them will vote no, and it's really tight, it's really close. I know, it's scary, because, like, before it looked like, you know, we were doing good, but then, like, all this money's coming from Utah, and it, it's, it's scary. It is scary. And, and these are the moments, you know, when even the 18-year-old fags out there need to man up, you know? And, yeah. And, and sometimes do, do the hard thing. Yeah. Right? And if it's just a matter of pissing off uncles you'll, you see once a year at a, a family <laughs> function, who gives a fuck? Yeah, that's, know, a, and, that's what I've been, and that's I what's been going through my head. I came out to my extended family when I was about your age. Yeah. And I had some uncles who had problems with it, and they're over it now. But they wouldn't be over it yet if I'd never come out to them. 
And I, and I feel like such a scrotum because, like, I read your books and I hear what you go through with, you know, ulcers and all this stuff, and I feel like I'm such a wimp for not, you know. No, you're not a wimp. You know, I wasn't out to my whole extended family when I was 18. There were, yeah. some, there were some people who didn't know and that I was yeah. scared about telling. It's scary. Yeah. But it's like bungee jumping, you know. Once you, once you jump off the ledge, <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Right? Right. So do it. Do it. Do it for yourself and do it for your future husband and your future children and the other queers out there who, you know, there's probably 18-year-old gay boys listening right now in California who whose parents are fundamentalist Christians or Mormons who can't come out because they would be homeless ten minutes later. Yeah. Who would lose money for their education and never have contact with their siblings again if they did it. If right. If you're not in that sort of a risky position... I'm not, yeah. Do it. Do it for the do it for the kids who can't do it right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Jordan? Okay. All right, we're going to leave it there. Uh, thank you for your call, Jordan. You sound really sweet. Good luck coming out to the whole family. Uh, 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast if you want to record a question for a future show. 206 201 2720. Please leave a callback number and record it slowly, like I'm recording, like I'm saying ours slowly, so that we can actually call you back if we want to, uh, and try to keep your question under a minute or two. Before we sign off officially, I want to wish a happy birthday to Paul in St. Catharines, who blogs at tarsus.wordpress.com. That's T A R S U S.wordpress.com. And I want to say happy birthday, Paul. And I also want to say yes. Maybe it's time to move to the big city. Maybe it's time to get the fuck out of St. Catharines and head for Toronto. All right, we're going to leave it there. Once more, that phone number, 206-201-2720. And me and the tech-savvy, dreadlocked, at-risk youth will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Have a great week. Vote for Barack Obama!